you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking about three ways to know if you're too busy and if your busyness is taking you off mission. Three ways to know if you're too busy in life. I know our culture, we are a busy culture. I've talked to parents and say, you know what, we struggle because we want to get our kids involved and engaged in activities, and yet a lot of those activities are the only open spots now that are left are Sundays, right? And so we're cramming in things on Sundays, and it's, I wonder, I question if that is robbing from us a little bit. But that, but that dilemma of, you know, how, how much is too much? How busy is too uh, busy? I want to let you know, as much as we celebrate busyness in our Western culture, I think busyness can be something of the devil. Because guess what the devil does? John 10.10, he kills, steals, and destroys. Have you ever been so exhausted that you felt like something's been taken from your life, that you feel depleted, that you felt like, man... I just don't have a lot to give. Anybody? I think all of us, right? And then we have to pull back and and then we realize, oh, well, maybe what I need is a vacation. So then you quickly cram everything in to prepare for the vacation and you, you just like flop wherever you're going for your vacation and then you come back and realize, oh my, all the things I have to do to catch up. And you thought, maybe it actually was worse going on vacation. You felt that too? I know I have. But just maybe, just maybe, we've packed our lives so busy with things that maybe don't really mean a whole lot. Maybe in the eyes of God and maybe in the eyes of what Jesus has called us to, this mission that he's called us to, that we're busy doing all the things that seem good but are actually robbing us from the things that are great. Do you believe that? That you could be doing good things and it's robbing you from great things? My last question for us this morning, because I have to ask this question every day, is have you taken time to reflect on what you're doing in life? How much time you are spending on those things and what difference is it making? Have you actually paused long enough to do that inventory of your life? I love this story in the, in the book of Nehemiah. This is an Old Testament story. And Nehemiah, who was a governor for King Artaxerxes I, that was around about 586 um, before Christ came, before Jesus came to earth. The Achaemenial, let me say that again, Achaemenial Empire was the empire of Artaxerxes I. Now, any of you history buffs there would kind of know this empire in this era. This kind of took over these areas of Israel, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Syria, Turkey, Lebanon. That region was that empire. And Nehemiah, who is a governor, is sent to Jerusalem and sees these walls that are, that are in ruins, the gates and the walls. If you've been around church before, you might know this story and realize that it took these walls that were in ruins for years and years that left a city open to attack 
that left a city and threatened, that Nehemiah began to pause long enough to assess the current situation and say, we've got to do something about it. But what I love about this story is, and this, this historical account, is Nehemiah, when he decides that he wants to do something about it, he looks around and says, makes an assessment, and then gathers the people around a common vision, a common mission. And he says, guys, we, we, we're all going to put our focus here. And in 56 days, those walls were rebuilt. It seemed like unreal of a task, but there was something about the power of together. There's something about a singular vision. And as you know, in this series, we've been talking about this future church. And, and what we've done is I've hopefully created a picture of, of what is potentially happening in front of us as it deals with our young people. Now, young people in the room, I want to let you know this message is for you too. Because I also believe that your lives are very, very full. Because I have a teenager, I have one in college, and I have a seventh grader. I know how busy life can be. And by the way, busy also means busy doing nothing. <laughs> you know social media. You know what I'm talking about, young people. I'm so busy. With what? On your phone? Chatting with your friends? I'm so busy. But I have to ask you the question as well. Have you taken an inventory of your life, young people, and said, busy doing what? Busy doing what? Well, there's a great verse that I began to think of, and, and we're going to tie Nehemiah in here, because I believe that, that hopefully I've created you a, a picture of the landscape of our future church, of our future generations, our next gen and realize that there's a lot of broken walls and broken down gates in this culture, in this, in this world, that, that are captivating our young people. And I think as a church, you saw evidence. God is calling our young people into, this, into his kingdom, into his family. And if we're not attentive, if we're not careful, if we're not fully engaged, we can realize that They'll just slip away and, and the walls will stay in ruins. Or will we as a church to say, you know what? With great gusto, with great singular focus, we're going to go after this next generation to make sure they're loved, they're cared for, to make sure they find their hope and their purposes in life, to make sure they're planted well in their relationship with Jesus Christ because that is the only hope. For those of you who are older in this room, you knew the mistakes you made as teenagers. You knew the life that you lived apart from Jesus, and you knew the change that it made, Jesus made in your life. And you remember those times. But a lot of our young people, even growing up in the church, are not so sure about God, not so sure about Jesus. And maybe if you're here checking out church for the first time, which there are many of you here today, I love that you're here. But I, I will tell you that Jesus is the answer for your life. Well, this great verse in 1 Corinthians, I, I, I kind of like it because it really begins to talk about where we're putting our attention. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, this, the verse will be on your screen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me, 1 Corinthians 10, 32. 
says this. Now, again, this is the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament speaking to the church in Corinth. And you're saying, well, he's speaking. These are letters to the church in Corinth. He's speaking to them. Why do we apply it to us? And the why we apply it to us is because it's universal truth, meaning that what he's saying to them easily can apply to us. So he's talking about the Greek culture and the Jewish culture at the time. It says, give no offense to Jews or Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage or my own good or my own profit, but the good or the profit of many, that they may be saved. I think the challenge that we have sometimes is we spend so much time thinking about us, that we think about ourselves, that we think about our life, and that we think about how do I accomplish the next step that I need to get in my life. If you're young, who are thinking about college, you're going to be able to think about like, hey, all I'm thinking about is what is my next step in life. You're younger, you're thinking about, okay, what do I need to do to get to high school and friends? You're thinking about who likes me, who doesn't like me, what grades am I going to get, what sports am I going to play? Then you get into adulthood and you're thinking about how do I save for retirement? How do I get that next purchase? How do I, how do I, how do I? And when you think about our energy and our focuses, what are we thinking about? We're thinking about us. But here we're encouraged to say, we're actually asked to say, but no, 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 no. Our attention is outward and we're saying, how is it good to profit somebody else? In other words, are we investing into somebody else's life? Another great verse in Mark chapter 8 says this, 836, you'll see that up on your screen. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Okay, think about that for a moment. Think about that verse in light of your life. What profit, here we go, we use that word profit again, is it that a man or a woman or a young person gain the whole world but forfeit his soul? And I know last week we got a little good, good little stir going on because I mentioned Kanye West. We got a good little conversation, good little stir going on with that one. And, and I just wanted to let you know that, uh, first of all, I, I didn't take any interpretation of what the response was in the room, but I, I just know this. That here was a man who was a rap artist that was very pursuing his own gain in life. Would you agree? And in that process, he came to the realization that he was losing actually his life. He was losing his soul in the process. And then here he has a radical transformation to, to come to faith in Jesus Christ and he and he changes his life, and now he's making his life about serving Jesus and serving others. And he puts out this new album, Jesus is King, and, and yet I think he lived that, that verse. He says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? And the reality is we realize that our soul is the thing that lives for eternity. Nothing that we pursue in this world will go with us. Earthly, tangible, physical things but it's the spiritual things that, that reside in the soul. You see, I think the trick of the enemy 
the trick of Satan, the trick of the underworld, the trick of the darkness in the world is this. That we feel like we might gain something by the pursuit of the material of money, wealth, sex, power, all those things that seem to be a lure, but the reality is the very things, remember he said the enemy does what? Kill, steal, destroy, that leave us depleted. But the things of the kingdom of God, the things of Jesus, the, the fruit of the spirit, what are they? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. Well, I love those first, all of them are great, but you're thinking like, we have to do that? No, actually, you get to experience that. You get to experience joy. You get to experience love. You get to experience patience. How many people love anxiety around here? (laughs) Guess what? When you're anxious for nothing, you can be pretty patient. When you get noticed that your car is going to be like, I only got so much time. My life is so packed that, that, that I only have so much time to my car that's in the repair shop or the, this errand I've got to run. And, and then all of a sudden you're anxious and you're going and then somebody, oh my word, they just cut me off. Oh my word, they're late on my thing. And you're just like freaking out. But maybe it's because we are so busy. Maybe it's our lives are so full And I want us to to ask the question is, what are you trying to gain in life? What what are you really trying to gain? What am I trying to gain in life? Are we trying to gain the things that are fleeting? The things that will burn up? The things that will just eventually just, you know, flow through your hands and then it's not there anymore? It's like dust in the wind. You see, we must not confuse motion as fulfilling the mission. The motion of life, the busyness of life, and or the commotion in life. I, I think our world so celebrates busyness that we we think that we are being productive, and if we're being productive, then somehow that makes us feel good. But are we actually being stolen from by how busy we live our lives? And all this motion is actually just taking us off mission. Well, what mission are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about the mission that Jesus has for each one of you in this room. You see, as followers of Jesus, he has deposited his Holy Spirit inside of you, and he's given you a calling and a purpose in life. And just as much as you have the Holy Spirit and and Jesus inside of you, or the Holy Spirit inside of you, we call it Jesus, but it's really the Trinity, the Holy Spirit inside of you, that call in your life, you also have somebody who's like, I want to thwart that call. Because if you look at, remember the old cartoons, if you Okay, cartoon. I know I'm dating myself. But the, the, the devil on one side and the angel on the other side, right? There's a battle. There's a battle of darkness and light. And the darkness wants to continue to encroach upon the lightness and, and continue to kill, still destroy. But Jesus says, no, I've come to give you life and life in the full. And so you have this battle going on. And I believe busyness in life, if not intentional, 
can start to rob us and allow the darkness to continue to, to not only flood our lives, but take out our effectiveness, snuff out our effectiveness for the kingdom of God and the mission that he's purposed for us. The enemy loves busy churches. The enemy loves busy people. We're exhausted when we're running around so busy. And we start losing our sensitivities to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. I I would love for us to consider that less is more. And smaller is bigger. Less is more. Could you picture your life where there's less activity in it, but your impact for the kingdom of God is so much greater? Less is more, smaller is bigger. Could you imagine that it's not about how many services we can put on and how full we are, which by the way, we're packed. And like, when are we going to do another service? And when are we going to like, I don't really want to. (laughs) Not because I don't want to make room for more people, but as we are learning to know what it means to just kind of like release people into their calling that maybe some of you are going to be pastors who are going to like start little churches and you're going to take a part of this group with you. And, and so we just continue to stay small so we can increase in our effectiveness. Because here's what I, I think. The future church is not going to be established by more programs, but people who invest in the lives of our next generation. I can tell you, we can be, because we've been there. We've been a multi-site church, four locations, multiple services, lots of people. And I'm not saying that was bad, but I'm just saying there, there is a trap in that. And the trap is busyness. The trap is more programs. But what really is important are people. People investing in people. That's why I love when people are coming up to me, hey, I want to help our youth. Hey, I want, to, I want to invest in our kids' ministry. Hey, I want, to, I want to engage in relationship and investing in people. And that just excites me. Now, by the way, I'm, I'm not saying we'll never add another service. Don't take those words. I'm just, sometimes I just share ideas with you and then people say, you said. <laughs> but the point is, I would like us to go to this place where we start living so intentionally that we invest in the right places. And the right places are always investing our relationship with Jesus in a relationship with somebody else. So I, I told you how this, we're going we're gonna to just kind of move into this spot. I said there's three ways to know if you're too busy. And if your motion is taking away from your mission of Jesus. Before I tell you those three ways, I just want to read one more verse. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. Remember the leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Remember the leaders who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome 
of their way of life and imitate their faith. So here's the interesting thing. It's not talking about me, the one who's sharing the word of God, because there's small group leaders here. There's, there's leaders in our youth ministry, leaders in our kids ministry. Those are all, there's parents who should be giving the word of God to their kids. But here, here's a very sobering thing for us who are followers of Jesus who want to share the word of God. We're asking other people to consider the way of our lives. We're asking them to imitate our faith. I could say, hey, next gen, those leaders who spoke the word of God, do you consider the outcome of their lives? Look at their lives. How are they living them? How are they, how's their faith? And imitate that. One, that should be sobering for us. And many of you are like, oh my, see, that's why I can't serve youth ministry because my life is still in a work in progress. Guess what? All of our lives are a work in progress. We will never arrive until we die. Just a FYI. Oh, that rhymed. I like that. Okay, so here's the three ways to know if you're too busy and is the motion of your life taking away from the Jesus' mission. Number one, Take time to consider those who are godly. Godly. Now, I would say that's next gen, or I'd say that's, uh, you know, whatever you are. Take notice. So in other words, you have to slow down, and I'm going to talk to young people here. Young people. I'm looking at some of you guys over here. I'm looking at some of you guys over here. Young people. Right here. I'm looking at you. Right there, front row. Young people. Are you looking around to find people who you want to emulate your life. That, this is that word. Okay, so you want to copy their life. You want to be like them. Are you taking time away from your devices to say, hey, start looking around and start having your head up and saying, who are those people who are exemplifying love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness? Who are those people? Look at them, emulate their life. There's something about mentorship. And then I would say, the flip side of that is, are you okay with people picking you out and saying, I'm modeling my life after you? How are you living your life? Number two. How often are you seeking the good of someone else? We're going to go back to that verse that we talked about at the very beginning. Right? In 1 Corinthians 10. For I'm not seeking my own good, but for the good of many, the profit of many, that they may be saved. So my question is, how often are you seeking the good of somebody else? Are you considering somebody else more than yourself? It takes time to do that. And if you're just busy keeping up with your calendar, your schedule, going to and fro, to and fro, um, it's very hard for you to start thinking about somebody else. Because all you're doing is thinking about getting through your life. Number three. Are you gaining the world or building the kingdom of God? I really would love for you to consider this morning that question. Are you gaining the world or building the kingdom of God? Where is your pursuit? That's that Mark 8 verse that we talked about. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Because the soul's eternal. 
The soul is the thing that will go beyond. And by the way, eternity starts now. If the worship team wants to come. Eternity starts the moment you have been born. And how you live your life in this world determines your eternity. It actually is a pretty sobering thought when you think about it. Which makes me think that maybe I should be living a more intentional life. So are you too busy? We'll wait for them to get settled here. Just pause for a moment. Would you actually just take a moment, close your eyes, and just ponder that question, how busy is your life? How busy is your life? Think about these questions. Have you taken time to consider those godly men and women and you want to say, you know, I don't want to pursue a relationship with them because I want to model my life after them. When's the last time you thought the good of somebody else? That you, you decided that you have capacity, you have some time to actually not only think but act for the good of somebody else. My last question for you to consider while your eyes are closed are you trying to pursue this world that will leave you empty, lost, and exhausted? Or are you pursuing the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Which in many ways is, seems so hard because it doesn't seem tangible. Like I, I, can't, I can't see it, but guess what? You can. You can see it in a smile. You can see it in the love that you give somebody. You can see it in the joy that somebody has. You can see it in your level of patience. You can see it in your kindness to somebody else. Are you quick to be critical? Are you quick to judge? Are you quick? Or is life in a place where you're saying, no, I, I really want to build somebody up, not tear them down? This next generation needs all of us. It needs your lives to be worth modeling after. It needs your time to invest in. But it means that you are going to, and I am going to have to find time, which means I'm probably gonna to have to cut some things out of my life, and maybe you will as well. Moms and dads, investing in your kids. If you don't have kids, investing into the spiritual family of God. Kids, are you too busy? Teenagers, are you too busy? When's the last time that you cracked open the word of God? When's the last time that you want to go have coffee with somebody you want to get to know better because you see something in their life? worth modeling I tell you church your soul longs to live in the kingdom of God not in the kingdom of this world I guarantee you the greatest fulfillment you will find is when you pursue Jesus and his ways 
It will be contrary to the ways of the world. But the ways of the world will leave you empty and leave you wanting. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would all become like Nehemiah's, that we began to pick up our head and look around the destruction of our world. Foster care, opioid crisis, depression, hopelessness of our teens, anxiety. The walls of our cities, metaphorically, are in ruins. Stir up inside of us the spirit of Nehemiah, which it says, I'm not satisfied to let them stay in ruins. We must do something. We all gather together. We all say we're in this together. That we're going to pour in to serving everyone, all generations. But Lord, you've put on my heart to really pour into this next generation. They are the future. They are the future church. Lord, we just thank you for loving us. We thank you for those who've made commitments to you to follow you, Jesus. We thank you for those who made public declarations today of through water baptism, reflecting, really modeling, going under the water as a reflection of like dying to themselves like you did on the cross, Jesus, and coming out of the water a new life, new creation. Because when we give our lives to you, Lord Jesus, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The Bible says, and we feel it and we know it. We thank you for our guests who came here today to celebrate those who are baptized or just here to support friends and we're just here. God, I pray that those seeds of your gospel be planted in their hearts and that they would always hold on to those things that said, you know what, there's something that, about this. They would pursue you, Jesus, because that is where there is life. God, we just thank you for the work that you're doing in each of our lives and the work you're doing in this church. And everybody said, amen. Before I um, dismiss you and close in this last song, I just wanted to share a few things with you. Remember, December 5th is when we're going to shift um, that Thursday, December 5th, to our, our youth service. Um, we're, we also are talking about doing a 4th, 5th, and 6th grade. That's kind of a, a, an age group that um, we really haven't had something super strong for, so we're going to be working on um, establishing that. So if you're interested in that age group specifically, there's nothing yet completely formed. So if you want to be on the ground uh, on that, working with us on that, just write out a Connect card, by the way. Put it in one of those offering boxes on the way out or hand it to me and just say, I'm interested. That'll be the way of, of connecting um, also, I wanted to let you know that when I began this series, the intention was this message was going to call us to action for year-end giving to fund a youth position. And I want to let you know that we've had kind of a change in that direction, and I'll tell you why. Um, not because we don't need a youth person, but, be, but because of the realization that we don't need a youth person, we need youth people. And, and I think it would 
eventually we'll get there, but I think first and foremost, we all need to, at least I did, need to be not so quick to say, there are youth person, now I can step away. I needed all of us to determine we have to press in and press in and realize that we're all together on this. So, so that being said, we're not going to take a special Christmas offering this year for that purpose. But we are going to be asking you to consider what your life means in serving our youth. So that being said also. Finally, I would like to say one of the great privileges that we have in serving honestly our next generation because they always have families is serving our our families who are in transition through family promise we host families here at the church who are in transition that means to be in the program they have to have kids and so we provide a week-long stay for them at the church people they need meals they need people to stay over at the church um, at night how many people have been involved in family promise before raise your hand so a lot of you guys we still need 22 volunteers for our time that's coming up and maybe uh, Jeremy's serving our kids. But that week is what? That week is December, starts December 8th. You can go online and um, on our website and find a way to sign up there. But we would love for you to engage in serving our families and our next generation also in that way. So I just want to bring you up to speed on, on a few of those things. I just want to let you know I love you guys. I'm so excited what the Lord is doing here amongst us collectively. I'm excited what the Lord's doing in your life. And I'm excited that you're here today. Thank you for giving your lives to Jesus. Thank you for serving him faithfully. And thank you for keep saying yes. I'm not going to be too busy. I'm not going to let the motion of life take us off of the mission of life. Love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.